0: I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom passwordcom Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products, Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family that's why i do it and that's why i plan to eat The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivious Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, I am joined by Dr. Michael Bruce. He is the author of The Power of When, an incredibly powerful book, and something that I, as soon as I, I got it, I devoured it. In, I think it was like three days, I got through the whole book. Uh, it's just a very, very uh, powerful read. Uh, I don't know anyone who's really studying chronotype the way that Dr. Bruce is, and we get into that in this episode and so much more. You'll also find out what chronotype he is and what chronotype I am, although you probably already know that if you've been listening to the show long enough. So let's just get into it. Here's my conversation with Dr. Michael Bruce on the Productivityist podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Productivityist podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and with me on the show this week... Dr. Michael Bruce, the author of The Power of When, which I'm holding in my hands right now, dog-eared as it is, and for those, <laughs> and for those of you who've listened to my show before, uh, you know that if I've dog-eared a book, that I've really dove into it. Dr. Dr. Michael Bruce, thanks for joining me this week on the show.
1: Mike, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: So, the, before we dove into the to this recording, I, I thanked you for writing this book, because <laughs> uh, this is a book that... I've been waiting to see on the market. In fact, uh, you know, I've I wrote a book called The Night Owl Action Plan because there was a lot of. It was just a small little little product that I did for a challenge to tell people, hey, you know what? It's okay if you're a night owl. It's okay if you're somebody that is not the ear early riser type. And but I'm not a doctor. I don't study this stuff. I don't. You know, I don't have. I feel mean, like well, Mike's a productive sort, but he doesn't have like you know the scientific background. You do. So, <laughs> so when, when, when this book came out, I poured over it. I remember reading it initially. My daughter was getting some dental work done and I started to just read it, dive into it. And I want to thank you for writing this book because what it does is whenever you have those books that validate, they're so powerful. Why did you write this
1: book? OK, so first of all, I am a lifelong wolf, um, which people will learn is actually a night owl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was initial. that was a, a, a curiosity. But it wasn't the reason. So uh, as people may or may not know, I'm an actively practicing sleep specialist. So um, I am a PhD in clinical psychology and I'm board certified in clinical sleep disorders. So I took the medical specialty board without going to medical school and passed. And they said, oh, crap, I guess you're a sleep doctor now. And so I've been a doc, a sleep doc, for the last 17 years. And my specialty has been insomnia uh, because I use my Ph.D. in clinical psychology background because we know a lot of insomnia has to do with what's going on between your ears uh, more so than anything else. <clears throat> and I like those patients, but they're they're difficult patients to work with many times. And I had one about three years ago and uh, my techniques weren't working. And I use research driven, evidence based techniques. You know, I'm not a big pharmacy guy. I I know there's a lot of people out there that do take pharmaceuticals for sleep. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, it's just not my first line of defense. But I tried literally everything I could think of with this woman and nothing was working. And so I brought her back in and I said, let's just dive deeper because I'm kind of a dog with a bone with these things. So if if I can get there for you, let me do it. And um, what we discovered what she said, it's not that I have a hard time falling asleep and it's not that I have a hard time staying asleep. She said, I sleep at the wrong time. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by the wrong time? Cause I had had shift workers, you know, who work at night and sleep during the day. And I have two kids, I have a 14 year old son and a 13 year old daughter, and they love to stay up until two o'clock in the morning and sleep until noon. Right. And so I said, is it kind of like that? And she said, it's exactly like that. And it's very, very difficult to try and change somebody's chronotype. It's not impossible, but it's something that you literally have to work on every single day using light therapy and melatonin, and and it can be complicated. It's not impossible, but it's complicated. And I said, well, then no wonder my techniques aren't working with you, because there's nothing wrong with you. You have a genetic predetermination, and what we need to do is see if we can get the rest of the world to understand that. If we can do that, then we've got a shot at this. So I said, can I call your boss? And she said, well, things are kind of contentious with my boss right now. I'm on probation. And I, I think I'm going to get fired in, in the ne- over the next week. And I said, well, let me give it a shot. So I call him up and I said, look, here's the situation. I think I've got somebody whose body clock is actually pushing them, you know, to stay up late and to sleep late. And he said, okay, that makes sense. And I said, why? And he said, she can't make it to work on time. She falls asleep in early morning meetings. Like her productivity level has dropped since we moved things for her having to do stuff earlier in the day. Um, I said, well, could we run the experiment where I have her come in two hours later than she normally would And I have her stay two hours later than she normally would. So getting in around 10, 30, 11, not leaving till like 6, 30 or 7. And he said, well, to be honest with you, I'm really about ready to fire her. And I like her as a person and I want to see this work. So let's give it a shot. So. About seven to ten days later, I call him up and I'm like, "So does she still have a job? Like, what's going on?" (laughs) And um, and he was, he said to me, he said, "This was amazing." He said, "I haven't seen anything like this before." He said, "She shows up to work at her new time. She's super productive. She's, you know, she's doing all the things that we want her to do. It's, it's fantastic." So then I called her husband and I said, "Tell me what's going on at home." And he said, "I like her more." Wow, that was interesting, right? And then I said, how are the kids feeling? And they said, they said, he said, the kids say, mommy's not so cranky anymore. And so it was like this kind of moment where I was like, oh, shit, like there's a lot of people out there that this is affecting and we need to figure this out. Um, And so I dove into the I dove into the scientific literature and um, there's over 400 studies looking at um, early bird, night owl. And what I discovered were other chronotypes as well. You know, when you look at the extremes, uh, there it only makes up about 10 to 15 percent of early people and 10 to 15 percent of night people. Um, There's a lot of people out there that are in different extremes, um, and we got to figure them out too. So, I went into the literature to try to figure out: is there like an assessment tool, like a questionnaire or something like that, that I could use? And there wasn't only for these extremes. So I was like, well, then I guess I need to make one. Right. So. I created my own, and that's what the power of when quiz has become. And so for folks out there, if they want to check it out, go to the powerofwhenquiz.com. I'm sure it'll be in your show notes. Yeah. Um, and um, you can take the quiz and figure out kind of what you are. Once I knew what bucket you fell into, it got really cool because I was like, well, I knew from this person and also from me in writing books and things in the past, there are certain times of day I do things really well.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't, I can't do my best creative work till later in the day. Like, right. like, but because I, you're a wolf. But, but <laughs> it, this is interesting because you meet clients and I meet clients for my business. I actually prefer to meet some of them in the morning because I feed off their energy.
1: Yep, absolutely, and, and so, that's actually a very wolfish trait. Yeah, well. yeah.
0: Because otherwise, yeah. And so I'm up till I mean because I did comedy for a long time too. So mm-hmm. I was yeah. So I was late night like I, and I never really left that. Uh, that teen area where, where, and in your book you go over this where, and that's why your your kids and my daughter's eleven, so she's headed that way. Plus, she she's genetically inherited my night owl, you know, my wolfism <laughs> already. Um, right. And we all did the quiz in our house. We all did it. Uh, awesome. m- m- my son and my my wife are bears, and my wife and 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 uh, my daughter and I are, are wolves. Um, no. and, and so, but what what's fascinating to me is 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 the idea that that. When I when I went through the typical day, and that's one thing you do in this book, is the ideal day for each for each chronotype, and right. and we, we'll get into the dolphin here in a little bit because I think that's that's the interesting one yep. um, that we that never really has been explored all that much uh, right. is is I looked at it and I said I was literally nodding my head as I was reading, I'm like yes, this makes sense, this makes sense, this makes sense, and then and then things like eating dinner at eight o'clock for somebody like a wolf, but. Mm-hmm. Again, my family, I've got a six-year-old and an 11-year-old. That's not ideal. But what you do is now that you have almost permission to do the 8 o'clock dinner time is what I do is I have what I call pre-dinner or first dinner. And that's when I sit with the family, have a very light snack meal. And then Mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock, I have my full day. So – this book if if you look at it and you you're you're if you're reading this book already you're kind of like okay I want to dive in and figure out what my chronotype is and what my what what my body clock is best suited for then you're you should be more than willing to say okay this doesn't exactly work based on my job based on my life but how can I make it work how can I and dinner was one of those things immediately that had to happen for me
1: yeah and it's interesting that you mentioned dinner right so I've got two teenagers and so we rarely eat dinner before seven thirty eight o'clock now, right, and what I've found is the later that I have dinner, the less likely I am to have the refrigerator doors open at midnight because I'm up, yep, um, and start you know eating ice cream, which is my favorite food, of or all making time.
0: French toast like I do, or something like that, <laughs> like carbs just just loading up on carbs,
1: yeah, absolutely. So there's actually a biological reason why you do that. That's, mm. It's interesting, and so we we learned that the more sleep deprived a person is, the more the higher their cortisol level is. Right. And when your cortisol level is high, you eat high carbohydrate, high fat because it produces serotonin, which lowers cortisol. So there's actually a biological function there, but it's been fascinating to see. And you, you mentioned something else that like warms my heart because when one person takes the quiz, then they get their whole family to take the quiz. Mm -hmm. And it's really about communication, right? right? It's, it's really about knowing, okay, here's how people work. And so if I want to have a discussion with somebody, like my daughter is a perfect example. If I pick her up from the bus at school, I'm like, Hey, Carson, how was your day? Fine. What did you do in school today? Not much. Do you have any homework? No. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's a girl. Like usually girls are pretty chatty in the afternoon. Right. She's not because she is a true wolf. And if I walk into her bedroom around 10 o'clock at night. I can't shut her up. I ask her the same three questions and I've got a 45 minute and I have a great bonding experience with my daughter. I can hang out with her. We can chat. And uh, and because I'm also a wolf, it works out really, really well. Problem comes is if I was a lion. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a bigger problem. So let me explain to all the listeners what these chronotypes are. yeah, yeah. So it turns out that there aren't just two chronotypes, there are four. And so lions are – I renamed them because I'm a mammal, not a bird, and I wanted to choose animals that were within my animal kingdom that also represented these. So as an – Yeah, the the,
0: the bird representation, birds are dinosaurs, dinosaurs are ancient. Let's
1: update that. exactly. exactly, (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, all right, let's figure this one out. So lions are actually, um, the, you know, they're the king of the jungle, but they actually have their first kill at dawn. Usually, they are very early morning creatures. Um, that's when they get a lot of their productivity done, and then towards the later afternoon, they're they're napping in the sun and hanging out. And so these represented my early birds, right? And so these are people who get up at 5:30. They um, they're they're very much the COOs of companies. They're a lot of times type A personalities. And they're leaders, but these are people who are rule followers. They like to make a list and they like to go from point one to point two to point three to point four. They don't like a lot of derivation in there. They are very much on the straight now. They're productive, um, but they can also drive people crazy because they're sending emails at 6 a.m. when you know, nobody was really particularly interested. Bears represent the middle of the, of the spectrum here. So bears are, make up about 55% of the population. These are my extroverts. Um, these are the people you love to have a meal with because they're going to hang out and they're going to tell you the funny story that's going on in their lives or what's happening in, you know, in the office. Bears are really the glue that keeps society together. They are really good at working hard but also playing hard. Um, I find that bears do the best job of not – I don't like the term work-life balance. I I find it's more like work-life integration. Yeah, or harmony or something like that, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I I think they do a really good job of that portion. And they're really the kind of the glue that keeps society together. Um, My night people are wolves, like you and I, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so what's interesting about wolves is we have a tendency to be a little bit more introverted but we also have a tendency to be very creative and artistically talented. So it makes perfect sense that you used to do comedy. Yep, <laughs> right? because that's what my wolves do, yep. right? My actors, my musicians, my authors, my artists, you know, all of those types of things. And, um, and that's really where it comes out. And what's interesting about wolves is we're a little reserved when you first meet us, but once we get to know you, you can't shut us up. We're just chatty, 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 you know, cause, cause we finally met somebody that we like and we're just tossing ideas around and things like that. The fourth category, which is one of the newer categories, um, is the dolphin. I chose dolphins. I chose the animal dolphin in particular because most people don't know it, but dolphins sleep uni hemispherically. So half of their brain is asleep while the other half is awake and looking for predators. And I thought that was kind of a cool representation of my insomnia patients, my patients who don't sleep particularly well. Um, These are the group of people, they're type A personalities, but they have a level of obsessive compulsiveness that doesn't allow them to be nearly as productive as they want to be. Right. Um, Sometimes their level of detail gets in the way of being able to actually get to where they want to go. Um, and, uh, and once I kind of figured out what the four buckets were and we created the quiz that can drop you into one of those four buckets, then it got really interesting because I, I kind of spawned off the idea of there are times of day where I do things better than others. And I said, I wonder if that's hormonally influenced. And I wonder if that's influenced by your chronotype. And it turns out that it absolutely is. Um, and so we found that there are certain times of day, I can actually match your hormones to the, the activity that you want to do. And I know when they're going to occur based on your chronotype. Right, right. So I can tell you the perfect time of day to have sex, eat a cheeseburger, run a mile. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and that's the that's the other part of this book that a lot of. So the great thing about this book too is that you go through the first part and then you can kind of cherry pick after that if you that's, really want to. So you can say, exactly, I want to know, like I said, hey hon, you want to know when to get a mammogram? Here, go look. Right, you know, or the uh, you know, uh, or when should we argue, or when should and you've got some nice cross cross references there, and it's really interesting because um, that's that spawns, like you said, communication and understanding and acceptance where, and when you're living in a household, especially when you've got, you know, four people who are all, you know, my son, we actually, it's, it's interesting. Um, this book probably opened me up to do things like go to see somebody about parenting classes and stuff like that, because, because now that, that opened the door to communication about understanding about, okay, Mike, the reason that, I need to sleep until you know. I I, I sleep until seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, and actually even late. Uh, I'm actually probably more of an extreme wolf still. Where I'm going to bed at like one one thirty, this right. book is encouraging me to pull back because yeah, if I do that, yeah, just a little bit. Because when I do that, then I can help my wife out in the morning with getting the kids off to school and stuff like that. Since I work from home and it's not that you know, and it it lowers her stress levels because oh. she if she was a lion wouldn't have to worry about it. She'd she's have right. them out the door everything, but she's a bear and she does she doesn't get up much earlier than I do, right? So, but what what I found this book does is it opens up understanding and acceptance. And I want to talk a little bit about the idea that, and we talked about this a little bit, is the early birds. There's all this, this again, and it's not, there are studies uh, that talk about this, but there's a, there's all this promotion about get up early. The, the early bird gets the worm, which of course, then I throw out the second mouse gets the cheese, but, uh, but that whole notion of, of you need to be a early riser to be productive. And that's just a fallacy
1: it's not true. Um, it, it's really about respecting your chronotype and knowing which one of these you are and then working within it. it. You know, um, there's, there's plenty of people out there who talk about, you know, morning routines and the miracle morning, how Elrod does a great job of that kind of stuff. And it was great because he actually came to me once he found out about chronotypes in my book. And he was like, well, I want you in my movie to, to tell people yeah. it can't work for everybody. You know, I want you to tell people about other aspects and ways to do things. And, you know, I was thrilled to do something like that. So I think it's about I think you said it best. It's about individualization and then acceptance of that, an understanding and acceptance. And the, the book really is turning out to be a communication tool. Mm-hmm. More so than anything else, you know, it's it's funny. I just got a call uh, recently from uh, I, I don't know if you know, uh, Dave Asprey. Oh, yeah. group. He actually
0: lives not too far. From, Dave is, Dave is from this part of the country where oh, I live. Yeah,
1: yes. He's from, uh, Victoria, Vancouver. Area, he's, right? he's
0: from where I, he, I literally am 45 minutes from where his, his uh, bulletproof
1: labs are. Yeah. 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 So, so when Dave and I did our interview at the end of the interview, he was like, Michael, we got to chronotype the whole organization and we're going to try to figure out how to do meeting schedules and things like that. Like it's, it's finding a way to include people um and and communicate with them and get stuff done and that's really where i think it gets you know super interesting
0: actually you bring up a great point when you went with with what dave was saying is i find that when i go in and talk to people about productivity practices especially is that there's this one size fits all approach that most organizations <laughs> take and the problem is is that you know whether it's a tool or a framework or whatever everyone works differently uh, the objective might be to you know hit a sales target or to complete Thanks. this project, but it's subjectively is how the team gets there. How, how do you recommend in an organization, for example, where you've got these, these, these uh, diverse teams where are, they're made up of different chronotypes? how do you recommend that they tackle that? Because they're probably not even paying attention to that, not even really noticing that that's part of the, the problem with their productivity in the first place.
1: So so what I do, so first of all, I don't believe in meetings that should last longer than about forty-five minutes, yeah. generally speaking, just because people lose interest and get tired and things like that. And so we create these little mini meetings within a meeting for particular chronotypes. So as an example, best times to brainstorm are different for different kinds of people. So if you're working with a company, let's say that's an ad agency where you've got lots of creative people, you're an idiot if you're doing an eight AM Monday morning meeting. Okay. Right that shit doesn't work okay but if you if you think through the idea of the personalities that you're working with and the chronotypes that you're working with having a creative meeting later in the day for certain projects makes a lot of sense whereas on the sales side of the ad agency those people, you're going to want more bears and lions filling those roles. And those are the kind of go-getter, get-out-in-the-world people, whereas the introverted, uh, wolfish people like you and I are going to be better doing the creative stuff later in the day. And so what we start to do is work through that. Um, the other thing I've found is managers um, giving feedback can actually be taken in very, very different ways depending upon what time of day the feedback is given, right? And so if you've got somebody who's not performing well they already know they're not performing well, okay? Mm -hmm. This isn't news to them, right? But what is news to them is how can they fix it and if you can catch them at a time of day where that information is in, is entering the psyche and getting in there and, and able to digest and really do something with it, I think then it gets really interesting. But to be honest with you, we're at the, the nascent stage of this. This is super-duper new. Um, nobody's ever tried to do what I'm doing before, and, um, and we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, I, I can't tell you that I know everything there is to know about it yet because I don't. Um, but you know, like right now, if, if we get enough people who are interested in the book and, and who we can sell a bunch of copies, then I want to, the next book I want to write is the Power of Win for Business. Right. Right? And I want to really dive deep into things like brainstorming, things like presenting your ideas, memorization, um, email, um, workflow, things like that. because there's a lot of stuff that we can do. Um, and we've known this for years, looking on the safety side of things. So if you go into companies that have 24-7 schedules, right, so they got shift workers in there, we know that there are certain times of day where accidents happen more often than not. And generally speaking, it's in the middle of the night. Um, We know the Titanic. We know Chernobyl. We know, I mean, you look at the biggest disasters that we see, and they all happen on the late shift when people are tired. Mm -hmm. Well, what would happen if we had night owls doing those jobs? Yeah, the wolves. Yeah. Right. Have the wolves doing the night jobs and have the lions available in the morning to relieve them, you know, would safety concerns uh, reduce? I think they would. I Mm -hmm. think that would be a cool thing to try to figure out. So I think there's a lot of creative ways. We just have to get into enough situations and figure it out.
0: One of the things that I also enjoyed about the book is that you've got this idea of – I'm not a big believer in hyper-scheduling. Like, uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who say, schedule everything in your calendar, schedule all your tasks. Yeah. What I like yeah. about what you do here is it's kind of, I theme my days. So I recommend people theme their days and theme their time periods. So horizontal mm-hmm. theming. So if you have the ability to do creative work, don't say I'm going to write a blog post for the next 30 minutes and write that because that's too constrictive. Whereas right. with what you've got here is you've said, okay, here is the, here is the the time frame where you're best suited to do this type of work. So right. it creates that flexibility that people need because they're already feeling the pull of their body clock anyway. And right. they're feeling the pull of where, people expect their body clock to be because we do live in this nine to five world. Right. And and one of the things you bring up about the lions is that they, they die on the vine before social hours. Like they can't, so they're not the ones closing deals late at night. We're the ones closing deals late at night because that's when we're at our best as a wolf. So what I like is, is, and was that intentional to say, hey, look, here's a broad here's a broad spectrum of what you can do during these time periods versus the – okay, you must spe- – I mean you have specific examples of things like fighting sex, all that stuff. But right. you do – you offer a broad approach. Was, was that intentional just so that it, it seemed more accepting to people or was it just – there's, it's still so nascent like you're saying that there's no real determination as to when a particular time should be for a particular type of activity?
1: So for me – I like using zones because yeah. I almost everything's on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're a bear, you're never 100% a bear, right? Right. And so you might have some wolfish categories to you. You might have some lionish categories to you. So I wanted to give people a zone. But, you know, a, a, as an example, you talked about writing a blog, right? right? Or, or writing some piece of content, right? And so here's what's interesting is if you break that down, it actually requires multiple types of skill sets, right? So there's the creativity, portion of it, which could you could do at a different time of day. Then there's the analytics behind it, like what research has been done about this or what's the, what's the evidence that this is going to be true. And then there's the actual writing, mm-hmm. of, right? So you've got three very different things that you have to do in order to organize and put together a piece of content that makes sense that people will be able to accept and enjoy and learn from. And so I would argue that if you only give yourself an hour during your schedule to do that and you pick the wrong hour and by the way all hours are the wrong hour because you can't do all three of those things in one hour no
0: no it's it's and they're projects you're right people don't break down Like, write a blog post is not just
1: write a blog post. Like you
0: said, it's it's a project. Uh, People have a hard – I mean, you know, driving a car is a project. Going grocery shopping is a project. So – but you're right. Like, putting the list together to go grocery shopping might be better done for somebody at a certain time of day because they've – again a great example is, okay, you've just finished eating, so now would be a good time to do that. Or you're more analytical at this time so you can make a better sense of you know, when you're pulling like the crap off of your shelves that you don't want. Mm-hmm. But going grocery shopping, uh, you know, and you mentioned the, – the, there's one thing you mentioned in the book, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw it up. But the idea of the lions don't know what to do. They can get to the store, and they don't know what to do when they get there. Right. And wolves will take forever to get to the store, but once they get there, they know exactly what to do. Right. right. And so and that, exactly. that's a perfect illustration of, you know, when should you make the list
1: versus when should you go? Right. Right. Yeah. My wife and I do this all the time is I like to walk in and if I'm not a big shopper. By the time I finally get to the mall, I know exactly what I want. I go to the store, I get it in my size and I leave. And she's like, aren't you going to try it on? Aren't you going to see how it looks? Aren't you? Gonna? And I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I do. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I figured out what I want, you know, and that's, and it's exactly right. You know? Um, and, and I think there's differences that fall along those pathways for everybody. And I think if you break things down, you might really be surprised at how much quicker you accomplish those goals, um, and do them well. You know, I I think so much of productivity, we look at as speed and I'm not convinced that that's really the metric that we should always be using. I think, um, I think speed is important, but I think quality is more important
0: we 'll wrap things up now because i know we've uh, you 've got other calls and as and and I want to just thank you for putting this book together. I want to thank you for uh, validating what i 've been saying for a long time without any empirical evidence or scientific evidence of the fact that like you should not fight your body clock it 's actually one of the top tenets in the way of the Productivityist manifesto. You have far more important battles to fight than right. to fight your body and with this book and, and by the way. Uh, I love Hal's stuff. We've been on panels before. It's it, One of the, the greatest panels I was on was Hal Elrod, Laura Vanderkam, what the most successful people do before breakfast, and Craig right. Jarrow, who is a former military time management ninja. And I was the, I was the outlier. I was the, the, the wolf. And and uh, the question was, when do you get your stuff done? And everyone was like, 3.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 7 in the morning. And they're like, well, I get it done the day before, so I'm ahead of these guys. Like that's, right. <laughs> If you're a wolf, you better be proactive, because we do live in this nine to five culture and and we are the we are the ones that are kind of um uh, not, uh, discriminated isn't probably that it's too strong oh, a term but no, we are but we're, we are we're, we're totally discriminated against. so it's nice to have some validation there um where can people pick up the book and where uh where like are you going to be doing what, what how else can people learn more about this stuff as well
1: sure so um if you go to the power of Uh, You can go there and uh, books available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's in uh, most booksellers. oddly enough, a lot of the airports are now carrying it. So when I'm going through (laughs) the airports, I'm seeing it and I go over and we take pictures with it. It's a lot of fun for the red Uh, eye.
0: Do you sign them too? Do you sign? them? I do. Absolutely. For the red Uh, eye flights, right? Red eye flight for you.
1: No, I don't like red eyes. I I can, which sleep is on
0: weird there. because you say that. Because like, you say that that that's one
1: of the things wolves should do is do red eyes, right? So here's what I discovered: it, the only reason way I do red eyes is if I'm doing my L.A. to New York flight because I have enough time to get sleep. Right. The biggest problem with red eyes is it takes. Once you finally take off, it takes a couple of minutes, maybe fifteen twenty minutes, to fall asleep. And if the flight isn't, you know, four and a half to five and a half hours, yeah. Just don't get enough sleep.
0: I flew from L.A. to Cincinnati, and I was able to – it worked. Uh, yeah. I'm flying from Va- Vancouver, Vancouver, mm-hmm. Victoria to New York City. I'll do the red eye
1: then. Yeah, um, and see, That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that I do not – I've missed one flight in my life, uh, and it was when I scheduled it to leave too early in the morning. So right. I've learned my lesson to pay a little bit extra, wait yes. till later in the day. and make it happen so there's a travel tip for all those travel hackers out there look at your chronotype and it's in the book when should you travel how should you travel so so much goodness in here dr michael bruce thanks for joining me this week on the show
1: no mike thanks for having me i'm excited to be here and uh hopefully i'll get a chance to come back again and we can talk about when to have sex or eat a cheeseburger (laughs) or run them off absolutely that's it for this week's
0: episode of the productivity podcast thanks to dr michael bruce for joining me on the show if you have not picked up the power of win yet do yourself a favor and do it it's a fantastic read and i think more people need to know about their chronotypes and not worry so much about fighting their body clock but embracing it and making it work for them rather than against them and interestingly enough lately i've noticed that I'm still a wolf, but I'm not the wolf I used to be. The 1, 30, 1 o'clock, one thirty time slot isn't working for me as well uh, as much lately. In fact, um, I remarked uh, to my wife not too long after doing this interview that, uh, you know, I'm thinking that things are changing, and sure enough, they are. I'm, I'm starting to shift to like a midnight, 12.30 a.m. time slot, so we'll see how that, that keeps going, but... I digress. I, I want you to get on and, and and pick up this book and learn how you can make your chronotype work for you rather than against you. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to get more out of the Productivityist podcast, you can always become a Patreon supporter. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. There's more content that you would get every single week, and uh, there's just a lot more there. So if you head over to that URL, patreon.com slash Maybe you'll find that you want to join and, and support the show. Uh, if you're not willing to do that or you're not able to do that, then I'd love it if you gave the show a rating review on iTunes. And uh, that just helps people find the show and helps me make the show better. Uh, thanks to John Polster, my producer, for putting this week's show together. And thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.